When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What the heck is the yield on cost, and why should you care about it? These are the two questions I would like to answer today, as well as show you how understanding what a yield on cost is can benefit you as a dividend investor. Alright, let's get started. A yield on cost is the dividend yield on the original cost of your investment. For example, if you pay $10,000 to purchase stock A, and stock A will pay you $200 per year in dividend income, your yield on cost is 2%. 200 divided by 10,000 equals 0.02, or 2%. Your dividend yield will change with the market value of shares of stock A. If the share price goes up, your dividend yield falls, and vice versa. But your yield on cost will only change if the dividend rate changes. Or if you decide to reinvest the dividend income stream back into the stock. So if stock A decides to increase its dividend rate next year, and now your annual dividend income will be $225, your yield on cost just increased from 2% to 2.25%. So the change in the yield on cost is directly related to the change of the dividend rate, and of course dividend reinvestment. Companies that increase their dividend rate faster will also grow their yield on cost faster. And companies with a higher current dividend yield will grow their yield on cost faster through dividend reinvestment, since there is more dividend income to reinvest earlier. These are useful facts to know, but why should you care about the yield on cost? Well, I think too many dividend investors focus on the current dividend yield, and scratch off certain dividend stocks because they don't offer a good enough dividend yield today. And that's a valid argument for some dividend investors. If you are relying on dividend income from your portfolio today, or you will be in the near future, then the current dividend yield is rightfully very important. But if you still have 10, 20, or more years before you will touch your dividend income, the current dividend yield of your portfolio is not as important. I often come across dividend investors that won't touch a dividend stock unless it yields 3% or more today. I think this arbitrary threshold can limit dividend investors that still have long investing horizons from benefiting from low dividend yield companies that have exceptional dividend growth histories. And this is where the yield on cost can give us some perspective. Let me ask you a question. If you had a choice between two stocks to invest in today, one pays a 3% dividend yield today and the other a 1% dividend yield, and if 10 years from now both pay you a 10% yield on cost, which one would you prefer, assuming you don't need the dividend income until after the 10 years are up? Given these two assumptions, it really makes no difference from a dividend income perspective. Both choices would produce the same level of dividend income, 10% of your original investment. So if you invested $100,000, you'd have a $10,000 income stream. And if you invested $1 million, you'd have a $100,000 income stream. There might be a difference in the market value of the portfolio though. If we assume the dividend yields for both stocks remain unchanged during this 10-year period, one stock still pays a 3% dividend yield and the other a 1% dividend yield. A $100,000 investment in the 3% dividend yield stock would mean you'd have a portfolio with a market value of $333,333.33. This market value multiplied by a dividend yield of 3% gives you a $10,000 annual dividend income, which is a 10% yield on cost of a $100,000 investment. With the 1% dividend yield stock, you would have a portfolio with a market value of $1 million. $1 million multiplied by 1% is $10,000. Personally, I'd rather have the $1 million portfolio than the $300,000 portfolio. I mean, who wouldn't, right? But from a dividend income perspective, both portfolios are identical, and would generate the same level of income in year 11 of our scenario. Obviously, this was a very simplistic example, that most likely would not play out this way in real life. But the point that I want to get across is there are multiple paths to reach the end goal of a sustainable dividend income. As to whether there is one best path for everyone, there isn't. 
The optimal path for you is the one you feel most comfortable with. I simply want to show those of you who have a long time horizon, before you will want to use your dividend income, that you can benefit from including some low yielding stocks that can offer above average growth in the future. I took the 30 high growth dividend stocks and the 30 high yield dividend stocks from both October watchlists, and I computed the 1, 5, and 10 year yield on cost for each stock. I also looked up what dividend yield each of these companies paid at the beginning of these three periods, and I'd like to share the results with you now. First off, let me share some broad statistics on the data. The full data set includes 58 unique stocks, since there was an overlap for both watchlists. Morgan Stanley and Lockheed Martin found their way onto both watchlists this month. The average dividend yield of all 58 stocks one year ago was 2.34%, and the average yield on cost today for all stocks is 2.63%. That's a 12.39% increase. Not bad after just a year. Not all 50 of these companies paid a dividend 5 years ago. The average dividend yield for 57 companies that paid a dividend 5 years ago was 2.11%. The average yield on cost for these 57 companies today is 3.83%. That's an 81.52% increase. 10 years ago, only 49 of these companies paid a dividend, and their average dividend yield was 2.61%. The average yield on cost for these 47 companies today is 9.03%. That's a 245.98% increase. This is a pretty solid growth rate for a dividend income stream. After 5 years, your dividend income would be pretty close to doubling, and after 10 years, it would multiply about 2.5 times. Of course, the growth of the yield on cost was not equal for each company. Some of these stocks offered very little growth, while others performed significantly better. Let me break this data down to show it in a different way. Going back to the 1 year yield on cost figure, if we look at only stocks that paid a sub 1% dividend yield 1 year ago, we have 18 unique companies with an average dividend yield of 0.59%. The average yield on cost for these 18 companies after 1 year is 0.75%. It's still a very small yield to have after 1 year, but that equates to a 27.12% growth rate. Let's see if we filter the file for companies that paid a dividend yield between 1 and 2% 1 year ago. We only have 8 unique companies with an average dividend yield of 1.46%. These 8 companies would have an average yield on cost of 1.74% after a 1 year period. That's a 19.28% increase, which is nice, but the yield on cost is still relatively small. Let's change the parameters to between 2 and 3%. Now we have a total of 13 companies with an average dividend yield of 2.59%, which looks a little more attractive. After 1 year, these 13 companies would have a yield on cost of 3.07%. That looks like a pretty solid growth rate after just one year of 18.53%. And finally, let's look at companies that paid a dividend yield in excess of 3%. We have 19 unique companies with an average dividend yield of 4.19%. After one year, these 19 companies would generate a yield on cost of 4.49%. Comparing these two percentages, it looks like a nice bump in yield. But the growth rate is only 7.16%. A pattern is definitely apparent in the data. Companies with smaller dividend yields had their respective yield on cost increase at a faster rate than higher yielding companies. A one year time period is however ineffective to have a material impact on the benefit of growth over yield. Let's expand the time period to 5 years, and see if the same pattern can be found there as well, and what impact it makes on the yield on cost. Let's start off with companies that paid a sub 1% dividend yield. We have a total of 13 companies with an average dividend yield of 0.72% 5 years ago. The average yield on cost for these 13 companies today is 1.68%. That's a 133.33% increase, so the yield on cost more than doubled in 5 years. But on average, you'd still be left with a sub 2% yield on cost. If we look at the companies with a dividend yield between 1 and 2% 5 years ago, we have 12 companies with an average dividend yield of 1.38%. After 5 years, the average yield on cost for these 12 companies is 3.81%. That's a 176.09% increase. So the yield on cost nearly tripled during this 5 year period. It's also a faster growth rate than for the sub 1% dividend yield companies. Let's see how the 2-3% dividend yield companies fared. 
we have 18 companies with an average dividend yield of 2.59%. After 5 years, the average yield on cost for these 18 companies is 4.65%. That's a 79.54% increase. So not quite double the yield on cost, but not far away either. Also, a 4.65% yield is a pretty attractive yield on cost to have in a 5-year period. Let's take a look at the companies with dividend yields in excess of 3%. We have 13 companies with an average dividend yield of 3.6%. After 5 years, the average yield on cost for these 13 companies is 4.92%, which equates to a 36.67% growth rate. Not a bad growth rate, but also not one to get overly excited about either. So over a 5-year period, the same pattern is evident. Even though the 1-2% yield stocks outpaced the sub-1% yield stocks. In general, as the dividend yield increased, the growth of the yield on cost slowed down. Let's see what impact the 10-year period had. There were 8 companies with a sub-1% dividend yield 10 years ago. Their average dividend yield was 0.57%. Today these 8 companies have an average yield on cost of 10.82%. That's a 1,798.25% growth rate. The growth of the yield on cost was better for some of these companies than others. For example, Broadcom had the most impressive yield on cost growth going from a dividend yield of 0.98% 10 years ago to a 43.7% yield on cost today. Amgen was quite impressive as well, going from a dividend yield of 0.49% 10 years ago to a 12.39% yield on cost today. The slowest growth came from Roper Technologies. That went from a 0.6% dividend yield 10 years ago to a 3% yield on cost today. That's still a 400% growth rate, which is impressive, but not quite as impressive as the prior two companies. Okay, let's see how the companies with a dividend yield between 1 and 2% performed. There were 10 companies with an average dividend yield of 1.51% 10 years ago. Today, the average yield on cost of these 10 companies is 9.49%. That's a 528.48% growth rate, and nearly a 10% yield on cost. Let's take a look at the companies that paid a 2-3% dividend yield 10 years ago. There were 8 companies with an average dividend yield of 2.54%. Today, their average yield on cost is 10.92%. That's a 329.92% growth rate. And finally, let's see how the 3% plus dividend yield companies fared. There were 23 companies with a dividend yield above 3% 10 years ago. This is a little reminder how hot the stock market has been during the last decade, pushing many dividend yields downward, even for companies with fast dividend growth. The average dividend yield of these 23 companies was 3.83%. Today they have an average yield on cost of 7.54%, which is a 96.87% growth rate. Not very impressive at all. So the same pattern of companies with smaller dividend yields experiencing faster yield on cost growth is prevalent during this time period as well. And it has a much greater impact as the time periods are extended. Before I read too much into these results, let me just say that I only looked at a very small quantity of dividend paying stocks, and the results were averages. There were certainly better and worse performing stocks in each subset I looked at, but a case can be made for investing in dividend paying companies that have smaller dividend yields but are growing their dividends at a faster rate, especially if you have a long investing horizon. Now ideally you'd want to find a company that pays an attractive dividend yield and is growing it quickly, but these types of opportunities are not plentiful in the market. I would encourage a blend of both worlds. If you have a long investing horizon, mix in some high yield and some low yield quality dividend stocks, and let them ride for a long time. Before I wrap up here, let me share some more findings with you. During the past year, Philip Morris would have given you the largest yield on cost from the 58 stocks I looked at. The yield on cost would be 6.62%, with a starting dividend yield of 5.96% one year ago. That's an 11.07% growth rate. The fastest yield on cost growth during the last year came from Morgan Stanley. That increased the 2.87% dividend yield to a 5.87% yield on cost over one year. During the last five years, Morgan Stanley would have given you the largest yield on cost of 8.64%. Starting with a 2.01% dividend yield, the growth is equivalent to 329.85%. 
but Lamb Research outpaced all other stocks on this list in terms of yield on cost growth during the last five years, increasing a starting dividend yield of 1.2% to a 5.99% yield on cost. That's a 399.17% growth rate. The most impressive yield on cost during the last 10 years came from Broadcom. The company grew a starting dividend yield of 0.98% to a 43.7% yield on cost. That's a 4,359.18% growth rate, which is also the best growth rate of these 58 companies. 11 more companies would have generated double-digit yields on cost over the course of the last decade, starting with various dividend yields ranging from 0.49% to 4.05%. While this analysis may not entirely prove that dividend growth stocks are superior to high-yield stocks over a longer period of time, it at the very least suggests that a current dividend yield is not as important as some investors think, if you have many years of investing ahead of you. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to consume this content in a video format, you are welcome to visit my YouTube channel. Just search for Long Acres Finance on YouTube and you'll find more of me. If you'd like to reach me directly, you can do so by emailing me at longacresfinance at gmail.com. If you would like to support this channel, you can do so on Patreon and unlock the additional benefits offered there. Thank you for being here and have a wonderful day.